Hi, I'm Devin Person. This podcast is a ritual, is a time and space spanning magic ritual steering reality towards a slightly better future. As your wizard, I believe real magic requires trust and authenticity, which is why I'll never allow advertisers in our ritual space. But creating this ritual takes work, as well as a steady supply of veggie burritos and illicit drugs. If you'd like to help this podcast become slightly better, please take a moment to visit patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual. You'll get access to bonus episodes, monthly virtual gatherings, wizard ebooks, psychedelic playlists, and best of all, the warm, fuzzy feeling of making the world a more magical place. Thank you so much to all who have, do, or someday will support this ritual. I believe in you. Your magic is real. In 30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is a ritual. I noticed that every time I breathed in, the light would dim. Every time I took a big breath out, it was almost as if I was blowing into some sort of ember and that light grew in intensity. And I sat there and I did this with this light for it, I would say 20 minutes, where I felt like I was breathing in and out that light and I was having an interaction with it. And it was, I don't know what it was trying to tell me, but whatever it was, it has stayed with me to this day as sort of the most profound thing I've maybe ever experienced. because that shouldn't exist. But whatever happened, that interaction definitely happened and I experienced it. Strange lights in the sky. Mysteries we glimpse on quiet, lonely nights. Mysteries that ask questions mankind might never answer. I'm Devin Person, and this is This Podcast as a Ritual. Tonight we venture beyond the safety of our candlelit circle, peering into the unknown darkness to see what looks back.
it floated in front of us, and then at some point, uh, it just it just took off at unimaginable speed, and and we sort of just watched this in front of our eyes as we were driving, driving through the mountain, driving through the forest, and um, that was just in daylight. It was almost like a hey, I'm definitely here. Jim Perry is an inquirer, an explorer who navigates the unknown and our relationship to it. On his podcast, Euphemit, listeners won't find Sasquatches, little green men, or Mexican goat suckers. Instead, you'll meet people, people like you and me, who stepped off the path and were brave enough to find their way back to share what they saw. In this episode, Jim Perry opens a door, a weird floating door to a new dimension of strange phenomenon and unexplainable experiences. Let's step through that door together as we learn how to explore the unknown. Hello, Jim. Hello, Devin. Welcome to Ritual Space. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm very excited to be here with you tonight. I'm so excited to have you on. This is a dream come true. And I'm sure all of the people who heard you are heard me on the Euphemit episode and then found my podcast are going to be very excited that you're here. And we are just what a what a fun little crossover we're about to get into. Isn't it the best? I mean, I think for a lot of people including myself, you develop such a relationship with people on the other side of these podcasts that you listen to. And then when you know that there's a relationship behind the scenes, and sometimes even as fleeting as they may be, the convergence of those again can be so fruitful. So for a lot of people, crossover is really what this actually feels like, I think. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is I love like your voiceovers and intros on your podcast and I was like oh like how do you write those and now I see that just is what comes out when you start talking (laughs) you're like the dividing line between podcast and listener gets blurry as behind the scenes we explore the friendships that make it all possible well I'll tell you what you've set me up to disappoint you as this interview rolls on um yeah actually I I labor over the writing of some of that stuff because I I I like, for the most part, draw blanks until I can reconnect with the material. After I get done with editing the tape and, you know, working with people to help tell their stories, sometimes I'm just an empty vessel at the Mm -hmm. end of that. And I need to go like, okay, wait, dude, just give yourself some space, go for a drive, go for a run, whatever else. And, and just come back to this because I just sit there in front of like Google documents going like, okay, something poetic, something like that resonates, maybe a little bit of a metaphor, but hey, wait, like tease, but don't tell everything. And um, yeah, I wish I could just shut off that part of my mind and maybe just speak. <laughs> oh, I, I know. That was the dream. When I when I was like, I'm going to start a podcast, right? I'll just lock myself in a closet and just talk into the microphone. And then I was right. like, nope, that doesn't work. I need to have guests. I need right. to have somebody else to talk to. <laughs> Otherwise, it's me spending my entire Sunday trying to like write a like 200 word intro <laughs> <laughs> to basically say, here's Jim. His podcast is great. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it helps. And listen, like, you know, I can see that about you. You know, you 
you um for the amount of time that i've i've known you right which is not a tremendous amount of time but i i feel like we spent some some good time together over when you're working on your euphemet episode and and listen you're someone you're an individual that that gets a charge off of that interplay with other individuals right like that interaction there's some form of magical chemistry that is going on there and i see how it lights you up and how it engages you and so yeah, it makes total sense that like adding a guest, adding a different personality just gives you something to fire back at. And and I loved watching that in person. And I think anyone who knows you or experiences that or even listens to the show can see that. So I think we just need to fuck writing intros. Let's just start a podcast right. where you and I just talk to each other. And there we go. <laughs> there we go. We'll find so many Bigfoots that way. Right. Okay. But so be- before we, we ramble on too long, I think it's time to invite the audience into the magical space we're creating. Jim, what is our magic word? Providence. Providence. Wonderful. So on the count of three, say it with me, everybody. One, two, three. Providence. Yeah, I don't know where that I don't I don't know where that came from. So I'll have to I'll have to go back after this and, and maybe think about that. Yeah, well, I think you know, Providence is a place. It's also a state of mind. I don't know. It's something from the Bible. I forget what exactly it right. means. <laughs> but you know, see, this is why I can't do the the spooky X Files mystery voice as well as you do. But um, <laughs> we're just gonna get actually into our fucking topic. How about that? Let's just do that. Let's do it. Um, you have been exploring the unknown for over three seasons on Euphemets, and you have met so many wild characters and have them tell their stories about how they encountered those things that kind of don't necessarily break reality, but like blur the edges. And mm-hmm. like, you know, those things that are weird enough that you remember them, but when you explain them to other people, they're like, ah, okay, like, what yeah. you know no right. one i i haven't heard in the episode where someone's like i got bit by a fucking dracula and they're like <laughs> <laughs> i can't go outside during the day anymore and you're like damn that's intense <laughs> um, but where did your interest in this come from like what was the route that led you to say i want to pull back the curtain and, and go off into the shadowy realms hmm. it's a great question you know and my answer for it has actually changed over the last couple of years because you know, I've remembered things about my past that I never really gave credence to uh, when I started this show. My answer initially was, listen, I was working in marketing. You know, a lot of people that are probably your listeners can relate to this. I was, I would, I thought that the definition of success was trying to harness my creativity in a way that I could make as much money as possible with it and have my ego served with that as well. And so I, I loved watching Mad Men as well. And I was like, hey, I'm a graphic designer. I'm creative. I can do video. Like, So that's where I went. That's where I went to apply my trade. And for, you know, 10 years, I was working in agencies and freelance and working with really big clients until I just, I, I, I learned I was grist for the mill. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I, I burnt out. And Uvamet, I would explain, was essentially an act of desperation to, try to find something outside of myself and outside of that complex, right? And so I definitely use it as that way, as an escape. But as I got into the process of making the show and exploring these topics and helping, you know, share other stories in this realm, 
I started having experiences myself. And the interesting part of that is one of the interesting things about that for me personally was that it actually was more of a reminder than anything else that when I was a kid, this shit was common. It was, it was, it was common in my family. You know, my grandmother and my mother both had psychic abilities. You know, I would, you know, be sitting there watching TV as a little kid, the phone, the, the, the phone would be sitting next to me. My mom would come up and pick it up. It never rang and just start talking to my grandma. They would be able to do that routinely happened several times a week. It was, it was just, it wasn't even a joke because it was just real life for us. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a situation where my grandfather would come back, come back down from the mountains after logging and tell us stories about interacting with Sasquatch. And maybe he was full of shit and probably a little bit because he was a jokester. But to me as a kid, that was accepting that there was something else out there. So I grew up a believer, essentially, and it wasn't until, you know, getting into, and I think this is common for a lot of folks, getting into the swing of, you know, uh, adulthood, finding other interests that you kind of push some of that aside and you go, listen, my new belief system, my new spirituality is, is that of the sort of consensus reality. And if I do this, this, and this, then I can live a healthy, sustainable life without asking a lot of big, difficult questions. Now, I think for me, that was always in the back of my head. And, you know, I I still was going and checking out like weird, you know, AM radio shows and stuff. But it, it wasn't until I was able to fully let my guard down and let some of that mystery back into my life that I remembered who I was back then. And I remembered where my family came from. And it's because of that, that I'll never be able to turn my back on that feeling again. And it's why I'm um, so passionately protective over the people who share their stories on my show. Yeah. And I think that, I think that really comes through because I think you give such a great space that isn't, veering into the two traps that I see on either side. One is the sensationalizing and like blowing it up and making it sound like so much crazier than it is. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is the ironic distance and the scoffing and the kind Mm -hmm. of like air quotes and, you know, get a load of this weirdo and you do a really good job where it's someone telling a story where it's again, it like, none of the ones that i heard have been stuff that's like whoa holy shit that's like a a, a, an x-files episode that's like literally so beyond anything Mm. but i think that's the interesting thing is we are pattern making human beings that's our native instinct and things that don't fit the pattern we're very inclined to discard and just sort of sand off the edges uh one of my favorite I'm I'm not really a 9/11 conspiracy theorist. I'm not trying to get into that here. But one of the coolest things Wait, I why read. Why, why aren't we going in? Why aren't we going into that, man? <laughs> we're, we're going. We're going straight cue, man, into the storm, baby. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah, we we haven't talked in a while since COVID, man. I've been right. I've been doing a lot of research. Right. <laughs> ready to dive in. But um, no, this article I read was so fascinating. Where it was just a collection of news stories immediately in the days after 9-11 from mainstream media outlets, from like the Denver Post and in places like that, that 
was before the narrative had really coalesced Mm -hmm. and there was like reports about finding box cutters on other planes there was some plane in canada where like two men got agitated when it was like not taking off and like ditched out and even in the official 9-11 story some of the people who were on the like these were the hijackers were like hello i'm still alive my passport got stolen in dubai like four years ago like Mm. that's not me (laughs) but they were still part of that official story and i think that's one thing our culture does it says wait some confusing thing is happening what's going on wait that's the story we're going to stick with okay now we have consensus forget everything else and i think you're saying but what but what about the everything else? What about the things that didn't fall into the official story? What about the experiences yeah. that people don't even know how it fits into their own narrative? Yeah, uh, those are the things that are really important to me, I think. I mean, I think context is king in yeah. a lot of scenarios and situations. And we see that we live in a world that fucking hates that. Like, they are opposed uh, to having uh, critical thought in terms of our narrative that we share. And I get it. I mean, for a long time, we lived with, you know, uh, three news channels or whatever the neighborhood newspaper is or whoever the guy on the street corner is that had all the news back in the day. Um, Just go ask that that guy. Yeah, just go (laughs) ask him. Uh, So so I get it. We've been trained that way. But, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for those stories that are untold. And I think that a lot of times those are the scenarios that we as humans internalize. And that's the kind of stuff that keeps us up at night or the kind of stuff that excites us or the kind of stuff that opens up that mystery that something could else be there. And then, you know, plunges us into a world of either doubt or extreme joy. And, you know, I, I, it's so interesting because it has been a really, It's not a challenge, but it has been an interesting um, part of the process to navigate the kind of stories that are on the show. Because you're right, I don't, you know, I don't have episodes that are really uh, that feel too unhinged and corrected. From uh, there needs to be some level of grounding to, yeah. to every story I present because I don't want to lose the audience. Because at the end of the day, the story is about really folks you know, not feeling alone. It's about people. That's definitely, yeah. yeah like you, you seem to be way more interested in the people than the Bigfoots and the little, little gray aliens. Yeah. I mean, I love those. Don't get me wrong. Um, oh, we're going to talk about those but... in a minute. Trust me. <laughs> but no, I think, I think there's, so like if I, if I put on my more skeptical hat, I think that there's a really interesting process at play. So um, you, you know the mandala effect. Mm-hmm. So the the take that I have, and I'm not trying to burst anybody else's bubble, but we remember things in this process where we kind of smooth them out and make them better. Mm-hmm. Like there was this one study where this college professor gave students this story and was like, remember this story. And then he checked in with them like three months later, six months later, nine months later. And the story was written in a way where it had like weird points like weird tangents that didn't really matter and all these like it was like kind of told in a bad order there's a lot of other problems with it and as he talked to the students who had not been discussing it with each other they dropped the parts that were tangents they like corrected the order and they like actually fixed the story and made it better and more interesting (laughs) as they went on and that's like just the way that we remember things Mm. and that's why i think you know et home phone 
like is not as memorable and cool as ET phone home. So we correct that in our memory. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a collective imagination that when you have a bunch of people, even if it's, you know, even if your grandpa was just sassing you with these Sasquatch stories, they resonate with you. And somebody's grandparent is telling them some other monster story that like just doesn't really, doesn't really connect. And so over time, Sasquatch becomes more popular. Other kids hear about it. It becomes, you know, a part of that community. And mm -hmm. that's one of the ways that mythology and magic soak into our culture and allow us to see things that are maybe not experiential in, in everyday reality. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we build our own myths, don't we? Absolutely. And a lot of times stories are just, are just memories uh, made into narrative. And that's that's a that's a very fascinating place to be in i think like i kind of love that space and i love exploring those areas with people i love i love having someone on the show and asking them questions sometimes and and making them really try to remember certain details that seem to them like very minuscule and they don't make sense but for mm -hmm. me like really paint the picture of the story to to, to me like that's that's so important uh to allow people to get lost in their own wonder that way yeah so, so yeah the, the mythologizing of our own memories and our own stories sometimes those are at conflict with what we are told is true as well and i love that space i was um i was just reading this amazing book by a previous guest cadmus called uh true to the earth uh pagan political theology i think it is mm. but he there was a quote from the um, I'm going to get it wrong, so forgive me, everybody, but the Akan tribe, it's an African tribe, and one of their sayings is, wisdom doesn't live in a single head, because it's about counsel, like, mm. no one person has wisdom, it's like in the group, and I feel like there's something similar of when you are telling stories to somebody else, or when you're around people who have shared memories with you, they remember parts of it that you don't remember. You go hang out with some high school buddies, and they're like telling an anecdote that they all remember crystal clear and you're like wait i did what <laughs> like, what i don't remember that at all dude that happens to me all the time like yeah. my family and friends say i have like a faulty memory and uh when i was a kid they would even say i would they would i would make memories up and i was just simply confused and you know i'm it's hard for me to be in the moment. I'm thinking ahead a lot. Uh, and I think I've always been that way. And so I'm just picturing like young Jim, like walking around and having like your narrator voice in your head. You're like <laughs> a ball alone on a playground, ready to be thrown. But to who? <laughs> <laughs> just like staring at this ball on the playground. It might not be too far off from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got I got to get into the, the the deep stuff now. So, of all the different veins of kind of like unknown phenomenon, what's your favorite? Like, what's the one that you really like? Are you like Are you a Bigfoot guy? Are you a UFO guy? Are you a ghost guy? Like, what's your your number one? I'm definitely a UFO guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although it, I think I think because it's the most challenging for me to wrap my head around um, because, you know, there's a lot of folks that say some real wild things about that phenomenon. And it seemingly is endlessly deep in terms of its, its absurdity almost. It is so wild too, because like we want, like, like we have this idea of like authority, you know, if it's like right. 
random guy you're like oh who fucking cares like that's just some you know redneck in the woods like whatever Mm -hmm. fuck that guy but then if it's like a doctor from the military you're like oh a military doctor and the ufo world is so inundated with that like every person in the ufo world is like an ex air force five-star general who's like this is real shit like (laughs) i'm now like I've, i've left the military and now i'm speaking at like panels in new mexico about ufos right um yeah you know there's a there's a great degree of tribalism in in ufos and aliens uh and it's it's kind of it's pretty overwhelming because there's a lot of drama too oh yeah and uh i stay out of all of that and i think i'm able to do that because i'm not actually an investigator i'm not a paranormal researcher i'm a storyteller right so uh, I'm over here. You're not that dude from Blink-182. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm trying to, you know, kind of be makeshift uh, paranormal anthropologist over here, yeah. um, drinking my tea or coffee and and staying out of that fray because it's, it's wild, uh, the infighting that exists there. But, you know, it's, it's all people looking for shreds of truth or trying to find a truism in all of the chaos and trying to create order. A lot of people do that by you know, uh, being involved in a disclosure movement. A lot of people do that by integrating spirituality and, you know, creating practices where they go and meditate to try to connect with UFOs or entities or extraterrestrials. And then once you start getting into the alien abduction phenomenon, which is the experiencer phenomenon, you know, it's, those are the stories that we haven't had on Euphemet as of yet. We, I don't think we've had a single alien abductee story, but it is something that over the last several years, I've been very involved in actually familiarizing myself with the community. Um, you know, there, there are sort of semi-secret support groups that exist out there. Um, they're not so secret anymore because everything's on Facebook and everything's in groups. And people have become, because of you know, New York Times coverage and just an elevated sense of people's interest in UFOs that even the uh, abductees have become more vocal because I think there is a sense that they feel a little bit more safe in that atmosphere. But it's a situation that the implications of uh, uh, are frightening and um, so revealing. And I often wonder if it's more of a symptom of you know, uh, our relationship to the unknown as humans. And it's, it's exemplifying in this way of, of being taken and being subjected to experiments or whatever else. But, you know, when you look in the eyes of these people telling you that they're having these experiences and it's against their will and they've seen medical professionals and they've you know they're not schizophrenic and you know they're not on any sort of psychoactive drugs and and they're telling you these stories you know it it um it's impossible for me not to have empathy for whatever Mm -hmm. that is that's going on because it's so disruptive it's 100 it's like oh hey i was a bus driver i was married and then i had this experience and it completely rewired my entire life. And I've like mm-hmm. alien, no pun intended, alienated myself from my like friends and family mm-hmm. because I'm trying to tell this story. Like the explanation that people want to say, like, oh, they're just seeking attention. It's like, that's a very weird yeah. way to do that. 
<laughs> like that's a lot of ridicule to intentionally suffer just because you wanted attention. That's a really weird way to blow up your life. I mean, it very much so is right. And when I look at it, uh, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist either. Like that that's possible. In, in, in some cases, maybe maybe many cases, maybe it is just a weird, like really extreme we- way to kind of like blow up your life and, and not know that you're doing that right. Um, and we can both agree that that would be an extreme way to go about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If that was if that was your master plan, if you had like a fucking notebook where you're like, OK, step one come up with my alien abduction story step step two yeah like that's that's a that's a weird move yeah well and you know we like we like to self-medicate and self-mythologize all the time and we do that in so many different ways that maybe that's an ancient way that we've done it right like some sort of integration with the star people or the brothers from space uh is is a part of that evolution that, that we have we've been a part of for for you know millennia um, this alleged relationship with, with something else, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's, um, there's so many deep connections and I guess I don't have, uh, any big statement about that now, but when you talk about the things that I'm, I'm mostly obsessed with personally, uh, in terms of phenomenon, it has to be that, and it has to be the connection between the occult and UFOs and extraterrestrials yeah. and the beliefs and, and belief systems and, and rituals that have been in play uh, forever uh, with perhaps communing with these individuals, which is just, it seems like a step away from the abductee phenomenon, except it's usually manifested. It's, it's usually some sort of right. And uh, that's the kind of shit that I'm super passionate about. And my mind always goes back to in terms of where I see myself um developing more work around probably i don't know just having an excuse to explore it more well i'm excited to have the excuse to talk with you about it because i have always looked at the ufo movement like a guy with a giant top hat and a cape looking (laughs) at a spinning bow tie and be like no that's like i've already like that's that's too much like i don't want to be ridiculous like i'm a wizard i'm already putting myself out there in that way and like (laughs) I'm so fascinated by that UFO world. And there's a part of me that like would really love to get like deeper into it. But then I'm like, no, I, I <laughs> like, that's not going to work well for like, it's a little bit too much, but you know, Devin, I, I got, I got to tell you though, like, sorry to cut you off. No, but please. Like, in my mind, when I've thought of scenarios of if I had an X mansion, right. Yeah. And there were talented folks that were unique and possessed certain abilities that were perhaps heightened or uh, leanings or perspectives that were instructive in, you know, sort of developing maybe even new ways to look at this stuff, let alone maybe save the world from a Mr. Sinister. Right. I, 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 I always think of you on that atrium as, as the wizard of that team. So that might be, you know, a way to to allow yourself, you know, sort of in your mind, hey, listen, I'm in the X-Mansion. I would, of course, have to deal, if I was on a paranormal X-Men team, I'd have to deal with the extraterrestrials in some fashion, form or fashion. Absolutely. But like, if I'm on a paranormal <laughs> exploration team, I'm like, probably the shaggy of the group, if not the Scooby-Doo. <laughs> 
hopefully not the scrappy do I, I oh my god hopefully not the scrappy do but so i think yeah like i i i want to be part of yeah this sort of like avengers assemble and i can like be very good friends and like learn from the ufo guy but like yeah, yeah. not necessarily you know yeah yeah be you the know. wizard slash ufo guy <laughs> right, right well listen i you bring up a really good point and it harkens back to your original question you know although i'm really excited about ufos i try not to let myself obsessed over any of this shit and i try to remain just sort of as neutral as possible to all of it and that's because at the end of the day i i, I want to become a vessel when i step in front of people that i'm interacting to help tell their story i want to be clear of my judgments i want to be clear of my assumptions i want to be clear of my obsessions as much as possible so i can really focus on being present hearing what they're saying and helping them construct what that may mean for them. Yeah. And I feel like if I'm over here on, you know, area 51, uh, I might not be able to pay attention to, you know, the, the, the mild, you know, sort of form of possession that may be happening to someone over here. And, and then you're also shouting over them to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And then the other time they're like, no, no, no. Cause I think that too. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's a totally different vibe than you're like, you know, anthropological thing of, yeah, I think helping someone tell their own story. Now, <laughs> th that being said, have you had any UFO experiences firsthand? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, I've had a few of them. Uh, they range from seeing really interesting lights in the sky that sort of make maneuvers that are very um, organic feeling, non-mechanic, mm -hmm. non-human. Uh, so I've seen those for sure uh and i'm not saying they're necessarily extraterrestrial craft but they definitely gave me and the people i was with pause you know um one of the times that was kind of startling was when i started euphemet so this is probably like 2014 I was driving through the cascade mountains with my wife and we look up and we see a little bit of a shine coming from the tree line and uh you know, I'm hyper, like sort of aware all the time. I'm, I'm kind of the one that if I'm driving, she's like, hey, pay attention to the road. Like, and I'm like, I saw a dog, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah. And uh, I saw it and she saw this thing. And it was like a it, it appeared as like a metallic ball bearing. Wow. And uh, I couldn't judge what size it really was. I think maybe the size of a small automobile, maybe. I'm not sure. But it kind of floated in front of us sounds like a like a like a talking heads lyric the <laughs> size of a small automobile <laughs> right yes yeah yeah if, yeah if david byrne was in the back take a look at this orb yeah, take would... a look at this orb <laughs> <laughs> love it um yeah it, it had that yeah, had that quality to it it had that vibe to it for sure it, it floated in front of us and then at some point uh it just it just took off at unimaginable speed and, wow. and we sort of just watch this in front of our eyes as we are driving, driving through the mountain, driving through the forest. And um, that was just in daylight. It was almost like a, hey, I'm definitely here. Other times, you know, I've, I've gone to interesting, uh, you know, locations that claim to be like sort of paranormal vortexes or just these locations that have a, a very high rate uh, historically of having UFO activity. One of these places is in eastern Washington state, and it's called Eastetti Ranch. 
there's a whole story there that I could tell and maybe for a future show or when we're hanging out uh, next time. But needless to say, I have... Well, we're definitely going to do a spinoff podcast that's going to be like the X-Men of like paranormal right. things and we'll just shoot the <laughs> so shit. Maybe, it's going to be maybe great. For yeah. That. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this this place was really weird. I mean, it, it still challenged me to this day because I loved my time there. I've been there twice and I loved each time uh, for very different reasons for each. And it's one of those places that provides such an abundance of paranormal activity. It's stupid. And you think like, this is too on the nose. It's producing too much. This feels like a movie. Like just, just get me the fuck out of here. Like, I I don't even know what to do with this, this amount of uh, participatory reaction from, from whatever else is out there. So it's one of those places where synchronicities start popping up and follow you through even after you leave. And while you're there, there are there's this light show that happens on the mountain that is at, you know, this property is in the foothills of Mount Adams, mm-hmm. a beautiful, you know, volcanic cascade mountain. And there's a there's there's this light activity that happens at night where you know, they start popping off the mountain, these lights, and they're all over the mountainside. And then they're, they're popping up on the mountain, and they're dropping all the way down the mountain and the tree line and, and veering over. And, you know, that they have, they they do have video of this stuff. But personally, when you see it, you just go, I don't know, I don't know what could be happening other than some sort of, you know, geothermal, uh, you know, science, shit that i don't know what's going on here <laughs> and, and video just doesn't capture stuff like it's like it you've ever tried to take a picture of a sunset on your cell phone you're like oh yeah okay that sucks like, right, right. I'm, I'm seeing the most beautiful thing and then it's like i get this like grainy photo of like a, a, a generic yeah. skyline and you're like nope that's it's, it's right. not translating right right it, it it doesn't the personal experience with it is is so much more profound and for whatever reason i almost think that's a part of the phenomenon i you think know? so too yeah. the lack of evidence and the interactivity is a personal experience i think and, you know, I went there with some friends this first time with, well, with family, really. And we went in going like, listen, we're not going to have expectations for this place. You know, we've heard all about it. Let's just leave that at the door and try to be open. By the end of the first night, we were like, what? This is happening. This is all happening. And by the last night that I was there, we decided like, hey, let's separate. Let's let's go throughout the property and, and let's just have space and time to, to kind of be alone with this place before we go. Yeah. So I went out in this field. They call it the field of dreams. It's where people go and they sky watch and you've got this pristine view of the mountain. And I sat there and it was dusk and I was trying meditation for the first time in a very long time. Essentially, since they forced me to do it in uh, college mm-hmm. while being a theater major. This was my first introduction back to that world. <laughs> and I said, listen, I'm going to just sit here and I'm going to keep a soft gaze on this mountain. I'm just going to focus on my breathing. And so I sit there and I'm, I'm focusing on my breathing and I'm thinking about all of my hesitations about what I'm doing with the podcast. I'm thinking about how desperately I want to quit my agency job because it's killing me and I'm having panic attacks where I have to be rushed to the ER. And 
I love that you like you're like I, I went and meditated and everyone's like ah meditating like like imagining you in this zen state and you're like and then I immediately thought about my podcast and how yeah. I want to quit my job and I'm like yeah. that's a meditation experience I can relate to yeah 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 it's not you you know you got to get all through that shit before you can get to the good stuff right yeah. um the wrestling with it is the thing yeah that's yeah so I was wrestling and it took me a long time sitting there to be able to wrangle that stuff kind of out of my system and. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was feeling a little emotional with that, but, but, but after I moved past that, I felt very clear and I felt very light. And as I was continuously focusing on my breathing and bringing it back to that, I noticed that a light started to pop off on the mountain and, you know, dusk is usually when they start to occur. And I noticed that Every time I breathed in, the light would dim. Every time I took a big breath out, it was almost as if I was blowing into some sort of ember and that light grew in intensity. And I sat there and I did this with this light for it, I would say 20 minutes, where I felt like I was breathing in and out that light and I was having an interaction with it. And it was, I don't know what it was trying to tell me, but whatever it was, it has stayed with me to this day as sort of the most profound thing I've maybe ever experienced as a human. Wow. Because that shouldn't exist. Yeah. But whatever happened, that interaction definitely happened and I experienced it. Yeah, and like I was, I was doing a meditation just the other day with. Uh, I've been trying one of these apps after years of just you know closing my eyes yeah. and thinking about my podcast and how I want to quit my day job. And uh, <laughs> it was it was talking about you know when you're when you have your eyes open and you're looking at an object and losing that separation between what is the object that's external to me and what is my experience of it and how that's all together. And that's a really profound one where it's like you're seeing a phenomenon that's like you know you're not. <laughs> you're not actually breathing onto it. It's far away from you on this mountain. And yet it's connected with your experience of it, which I think makes perfect sense for weird phenomenon. It's, it's in yeah. this kinky, crazy area. That's a little bit beyond um, the ways that we normally think about objects and subjects and experience. Yeah, it really is. And it, it's moments like that, that, I mean, that moment that allowed me to go back and then shortly after actually quit my job. And yeah. I, and it wasn't like, I mean, it was one of those situations where like, listen, I'm giving you two weeks. And then the day after, actually, you know what? I'm out of here. Yep. <laughs> it was one of those situations. I think that, you know, I it didn't tell me anything. It didn't tell me like, hey, go quit your job. I think I was really at that place. You know, I began to enter Chapel Perilous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for your listeners, you're probably aware of Robert Anton Wilson, it's a, it's a term he coined or at least adopted. And, you know, it's this place that's similar to sort of the spiritual shattering. It's this place where um, truth and reality are uh, in question. It's some call it the darkest night of the soul, right? Douglas Adams called it the dark tea time of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, and within that place, you can sit there and have your tea and consider all these different possibilities about what your life could be and what your life was and what else could be out there and feel so fucking lost and confused in all of it. Mm -hmm. And I think you either, you either retreat and you go back to consensus where you go, you know what, like 
no, I'm going to continue like walking through these doors and see where it leads me because it's scary right now, but maybe on the other side, there's some sort of beauty. And that's what I tried to do. And I, and I know for damn sure that that informs every decision I make now. And sometimes for the worst, sometimes it means I'm more broke than I should be at this age. Uh, and and not to say, and, and I'm not a zealot and I'm not to say, I'm not even trying to put myself over here. I'm just saying that once you start considering your life is being more than what others tell you it should be, and you looking for that wonder instead of being told what to wonder about, I think that opens up a level of freedom in us that activates something within our human design even. Mm-hmm. Where we go like, no, 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 like, let's find out what else could be there. And and I think I that's the place I, I still find myself in, thankfully. Although um, my real hope is that I can, I can let listeners feel that a little bit. And I can let the people sharing their stories on the show feel that way. I, I, I think that's beautifully put. And I think the thing, you know, beyond just the, the joy of sharing the experience is what you said about you had this experience. It didn't give you a message. Like it didn't say, Jim, quit your marketing job. And right. like, you're like, Oh, okay. Like, thank you. Fire God, <laughs> you know, burning Bush. Like, thank you for that clear, succinct message. Right. It's like a weird experience that then you took as a signal to say, you know what? There's so much mystery and wonder. Let's go in that direction. And you took a fork in the road and now you can trace it all back to it and that's the kind of thing that i you know used to tell people on the subway where i'm like hey you know i'm granting you this wish and whether you're not you want to believe in my magic if you want this to come true you have the best anchor story for that forever of everyone asks like well wait how did you end up writing this novel well i hated my job i was on the train home i met a wizard and then i decided to take this different fork and like you know it's not like the wizard did anything for you it just gave you that opportunity to tell that story right and i see that all the time with people want to ask constantly of like hey i I, i've been having the synchronicity like what does it mean and it's like synchronicities in my experience don't really mean anything they're just kind of you know i think i think at some point i described them as like flowers along the path like it means you're in a more beautiful part of the forest like Mm -hmm. enjoy it you know Mm -hmm. don't sit there and like pluck all of them and try and dissect them just like enjoy you're like oh hey there's a lot of blue tulips around here that's pretty cool well, we have friends that get lost in that. You oh, I mean? big time. Oh, big time. Uh, and it's not that, you know, I'll speak for you if I may. It, it's not that you, uh, you and I have probably not been lost on those goose chases either, right? But, you know, they, they are less informative. And when they appear to be informative, you know that, you know that they're just leading you nowhere. Yep. <laughs> Yep. I used to have this weird phenomenon where I would be like walking when I first got into magic and I would feel this really strong pull, like, like in my body. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, Oh, should I go this other direction? And sometimes I'd be like, okay, I'm going to follow it. And I would go with it. And then sometimes I would be like spinning on a street corner and I'm like, yeah, this doesn't know where it wants to go. I need to get tacos and go to work. (laughs) Like, all right, we're, we're going this way. And like, you know, sometimes I'd be like, okay, maybe it pulled me back to read that sign that I walked past and that like two second delay is going to make all the difference in the rest of this day. But other times I was like, uh, uh, executive decision. We're going this way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Now. So you've you've shared some very beautiful thoughts and I'm glad we got to talk about UFOs. 
Now, I want to go to the bottom of your list. What's the area of paranormal stuff that you just like cannot fuck with or you're like, ugh, like I tried. It just like doesn't. Ugh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I got to be I got to be careful about what I say. And it's only because, um, you know, I, I never want to alienate someone for what they may be experiencing and, um, you know, kind of be kind of judge that. That's a very sober, but, rational, beautiful sentiment. But for this purpose, yeah, feel free. Right. My, yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Anyone I know, who's know. had their own experience, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the other wackos that you don't like. There, you, so, go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, there you go. Uh, you know what, you know, um, you know, there is a whole c- cardboard saint stuff. I, I can't, I can't be a part Card- of cardboard so saint. The, the, um, the mystical industrial complex. Right? Oh God. Yeah. Um, this is what I can't fuck with. Uh, like, yes, Jim. Yes. <laughs> you know, pulling at the strings of what feels so incredibly inauthentic and and so based on you know it's coming from marketing work right Mm -hmm. like i see what's going on i i I can see the bullshit in in what's happening with some of these individuals and organizations and companies and everything else and um they're the enemy (laughs) absolutely (laughs) they're plainly the enemy so you know uh, although I, you know, I have friends that, you know, are wizards, right? I've got friends that are shamans and witches and, you know, um, practitioners of the occult and theosophists and you name it. Right. But I, I, I like to stay with folks that have some genuine inclination for what is going on and are not complete charlatans. And because there are definitely enough of those and they've definitely had their voices heard already. <laughs> and it's like, they're like, they're like infected in this way where it's like, like, it's like, like, what is it? Like that movie, the thing, you know, like they're all on the end are like the Antarctic base. And we're like trying to figure out like which of the shamans is real. And the one guy yeah. keeps trying to be like, sign up for my workshop and it's like yeah it's fucking that guy like he's he's infected i don't think his spirits are telling him anything good they're just telling him that if he starts a retreat in peru he can fuck 19 year old hippie girls right Uh, there's yeah there's there's so much of that listen you know and also i gotta tell you um i don't i've got friends that that do make money as being Mm -hmm. um professionals in that field and being practitioners. Oh, and, look at me, man. World's wealthiest wizard. I'm right. raking it in. <laughs> right. Right. And so, you know, th- there's, there's, there's a place for folks like putting food on their table. And I think, but what you're expressing is the contempt for the greed that occurs when the, the, the folks that are there that are practicing are just complete bullshit artists. They're not giving any value. Cause I, mm-hmm. listen, I think even, I think a really well-meaning sh- charlatan can sometimes provide uh, some all right benefits for some folks' mental health and and positivity, etc. That could that could happen. Oh, arguably, absolutely! Right? I'm I'm a huge fan of the Wizard of Oz, who I think is a very benevolent charlatan, right. and right. I think. Um, 
like Jodorowsky has done a bunch of stuff into like healers in Mexico City where they're using stage magic tricks and right. they're healing people because it's about creating an experience. And there I you think go. like, you know, my meta deconstruction of magic does not give people the same thing as right. like you you paid to fly to this retreat, you have put all of your hopes and dreams and that this is going to heal you and you are just going to like bum rush the placebo effect and get it because <laughs> this is what you're after and you need someone who's going to sell you that like real hard. You nailed it. You nailed it. And 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 probably you know, doing things that are completely contrary to the image that they're projecting on people and, mm -hmm. and obviously doing it for other reasons, like, you know, fucking indigenous girls or some yep. shit, right? Like these are the kind of stories that we hear <laughs> where it's like, Oh man, you know, and we um, know folks who have worked for large corporate organizations that their whole front is this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the machine doesn't work quite as like they want to tell you on their inspirational documentaries on Gaia TV or whatever. Oh, God, Gaia TV. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like I just get I, I just get to peek into all of those worlds I don't want to step into with like any time I log into Facebook and it's just mm -hmm. all of my ads because of everything else I'm searching or like. Yeah, hey, right. do, do you want to learn how to be a master hypnotist in just two days? And I'm like, right. no, man. I mean, yeah. I do like that'd be awesome. Right. but I don't I don't trust you. And I think that's the thing is that there's an evolutionary process of marketing of your A-B testing. You're like mm -hmm. you're 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 wearing two masks and seeing which one works. And then you are selling your soul to the algorithms and doing these dark deeds. And over time, yeah, it really sucks your values right out of you and it leaves you just um you're all you're all spin but no substance yeah well and it's also revealing so we're not saying any names and i don't want to but because people know but you know it's it's <laughs> it's really it's really revealing that some of these organizations are the first ones where you start getting that like that little anti-vaxxer message in there. oh yeah yeah you yeah i mean and the, the, like the 5g stuff and then like you start seeing that creep into their messaging you're like wait a minute i thought this was like maybe about connecting to like angels or yeah. it's like wait a minute now they're now they're telling me this other stuff and this is really interesting and they're like parroting q yep. <laughs> it's like wait a minute what like so i think that kind of stuff is super revealing you know, those type of folks are involved in, of course, like UFO and extraterrestrial spirituality and religion stuff. So it starts getting a little sticky. And I, yeah. so that, so that's the answer to your question. I, that is I the best that. answer. Cause I mean, I, I just had a whole episode talking shit about all of that explicitly. And so very safe, like anyone that's listening to my podcast that is trying to run some weird um, new age scam that is just entirely parasitic i i am happy to offend those people because <laughs> i think that's the thing is i think that like over time we've all been coached in this world of the paranormal the unexplained the mystic that we shouldn't doubt other people's experience that right. we shouldn't you know question somebody who's saying that they can like turn into a snake and travel into your dreams like whoa right. okay like that's like that's what we're after like great right. and i think we need to rebuild the immune system in our community where we're saying no actually like i'm totally into <laughs> ufos and bigfoots but like no i think that is harmful and i think that's a cult like there's a difference between a cult and cult although you know 
like what is a cult what's a religion it's just kind of the size of your congregation but i think that like (laughs) we need to have a community that is willing to point out when someone is just nakedly trying to sell you something when someone is not operating with integrity and not devolve into an endless you know finger pointing game but be able to have some sort of integrity that we're aspiring to yeah i mean that's so interesting and i think that um I God, this is such a great topic and, and something that like rattles rattles around in my head all the time. Um, you know, as someone that, that has a platform for this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I I think that as we're building these communities, there is a there's a micro and macro at work. And I think that I, I consider my role as as a as a storyteller and someone that is helping the proliferation of other people's stories, albeit like very strange ones usually mm-hmm. that are on the fringe that at the same time, I'm also creating uh, an environment or a tone or a community of folks that both welcome the idea of that as possible, mm-hmm. but perhaps also as narrative and individual. So, yeah. so, so an individual's, experience um while also seeing some similarities and so you know i often i often struggle with uh in my you know sort of public personhood right like how much bullshit i should call on individuals Mm -hmm. and i think it's i think it harkens back to like i also like i operate on social media that way too like i try to stay out of kind of um the 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 fray of you know calling folks out online things of like that and so i but i but i but you i also agree that's with your you role like you're that, professor x like you right. need to have like <laughs> right, you know right, right. mutant kids feeling like you're a safe place to run away yeah. and i'll be wolverine and i'll right. be like snarky and angry and i'm like i'm gonna storm off in my motorcycle and like that's Dude, you you a hundred percent you read my mind in that you're Professor X. You read my mind. Like I almost feel like uh, when I think about it, I'm just like, no, I'm not that guy. But I'm hoping, and I know there are other people that I trust, and I can provide a platform that can be Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like eviscerate that dude. Um, just set <laughs> so, me up the alley oop, and I'll jump into the comment yeah, thread. Claws right, out. Yeah. Right. And so, cause, cause I think that, um, especially with individuals that are, that are getting interested in this and, and we see an influx of them lately even, and, and it kind of, you know, there's waves, right? The witch wave, etc. But these are new and these are individuals that are entering into the space that maybe even find themselves in that confusing chapel perilous realm that I described earlier, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of times these individuals are told by others that they need to know everything right away. Oh my and, God. Yes. And you need to be able to do everything as well. So you need to know about this. You need to, and you also need to have a perspective, blah, blah, blah. And my thing I've been saying lately is that I think there's a place for everyone at the table, but don't feel like you have to do everything. Do what you want to do in this and, 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 and think about it the way you want and say what you want to say in that way. But don't, you know, feel like you have to, coming from a place where I, I often get lumped into like kind of the quote unquote paranormal expert. Right. Mm. Which is not like a, it's not a thing. Cause I, I don't know. You're a paranormal inquirer. There you go. 
<laughs> and it, because there was a point in time where I said, do I have to take this more serious and like figure out how to do this as like a, a, a straight up researcher or whatever? Should I, go, I get a degree mill PhD from right? like the University of Samoa? Right. <laughs> because if I because if I were to believe the sort of expectations that seemingly were out there and the pressure to be legit in that very specific frequency, then, then maybe, maybe that's the case. So what you say dovetails into this exploration I'm currently having about, you know, uh, encouraging folks to find their own spaces and their own roles and not feeling like they need to know everything. And that's also, you don't have to be always the one that is calling someone out but maybe you are and that's your role <laughs> and either is fine your truth i mean i i'll say this like in my development as a wizard the smartest thing i ever did was embrace being an idiot like <laughs> yeah. i had a, so much pressure where i was like oh well i'm the wizard right i should be able to like know every occult sure. book and talk about every occult topic and then i was yeah. like that's not true to me i don't care about a lot of that stuff i've always been a bad student let me and, and you know i think what really helps especially like what you what you're talking about with your your show if you're the expert then you have a show where you're just getting people to listen to you you have a show where you listen to people and help them tell their stories so that is i think i think you're you know you're a wizard in a way because the wizard's not the hero the wizard helps the hero on their journey and i think that's a very important step to for anyone stumbling you know ass first to the chapel perilous is like one enjoy the synchronicities don't get lost you know, trying to pin them up on a bulletin board with yarn connecting all the dots. Yeah. And two, like, remember that not knowing is great because that creates space mm. to learn from other people. Mm. Like when you're at the mm -hmm. dinner party and somebody else is like, oh, I'm interested in magic. You get to go, wow, that's amazing. What kind of magic do you do? Instead of, oh, yes, well, as a level 12 mage in my secret order that I'm part of on Facebook, <laughs> let me tell you about real magic. And, oh, your experience <laughs> doesn't align with mine, so let me explain to you why you're wrong. Right. Like, I've had so many people where they're like, ah, you're a wizard. I assume it means this. And I'm like, actually, it means something else. And they're like, let me explain to you why that's wrong. And it's like... <laughs> Cool. Right. You you decided which path you wanted us to go down in this conversation, and I think you picked a lame one. But you know, <laughs> right. that's that's just my opinion. You know. Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, and there's so much unexplored explored territory. We're definitely going to create a spinoff podcast. Um, yeah, but, it's happening now. <laughs> but uh, for for now, we'll just leave people wanting more. Right? This is well, this is the cliffhanger ending. But yes. let's talk about a spell that people can use to to bring a little bit of the magic that we're discussing today into their own lives, to give them their own little, is that a glimmering light in the sky? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Am I supposed to develop one? What you, am I... Well, you mentioned before the show that you had an issue that you wanted to, to cr craft a spell around. So I, I say, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, without I think... putting yourself in hot water, can you give yeah. a little context for what's uh what, what's the problem you're trying to, to rectify? Um, yeah how do i do this <laughs> um you, you know i i think that when you're when you're when you're um let's see here when you're swimming through these waters that is professionally dealing with a lot of folks in the esoteric and the occult world you find yourself in some 
murky areas sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you attempt to backpedal out of those as fast as you can once you recognize what is happening. Sometimes when you do that, you piss people off. So uh, you feel terrible about it, but you try to do the best you can, uh, like anyone. And I know this sounds so vague, so uh, I apologize for that. But no matter no matter the case, like I think uh, like some sort of protection is always good in those cases because you don't know exactly what kind of energy you're dealing with. And for me, learning from experiencing a lot of different varied energy while, you know, sort of out in the field producing euphemet, um, I would pick, I would do little rituals. I'd pick up little trinkets along the way that just felt personally um, reassuring to me. Mm-hmm. They felt like they carried some sort of energy and, I think probably I just ascribed them that, but for whatever reason, they feel like they work. And I love that. And it's why after every, ever, after every you've met journey, I listen to Fleetwood Mac and I do it every single goddamn time nice. and because there's something about that. that just feels like super safe and great and a shift for me. So I think for tonight, based off my experiences right now of, you know, and a lot of us were just getting back and out, out in the world right. for the first time in a long time. I think I just want myself and everyone else to be safe. I have a little bit of a safety around them. I'm, I am picking up the vibe and I think I've got a real good angle here that I can, I'm just going to run with and, and let me know how this feels. Okay. But I think that what we're talking about is like magic in the paranormal is the is the Shadowland. It's not the area that's yeah. in that central space where we've got you know electric lights and we've kind of banished all the shadows. And we we've got you know at least we think we've got a good sense of what's going on. We're going out into that murky territory yeah. where it's shadowy. So there's a plenty of opportunity for uh, you know thieves and charlatans to be operating under cover of darkness. Yeah. And I think what you and I have kind of danced around a little bit is that on one hand, it's important to create a welcoming space where somebody that's had a weird experience feels safe. And they're like, Oh my God, I can finally talk about like my weird belief. That's not okay. um, Under the floodlights back there. But I think it's important to have people, whether they're professor X or Wolverine also not just saying yes to everything. Cause I think yeah. when you're yeah. someone who's seeking and everywhere you go, it feels like everyone's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And like, yes, Andy, and just like piling on, you're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Like that's not lining up with my experience. That feels really, that feels really weird actually. Like it's yeah. like you're reading like a Facebook thread where everyone's like, and then I saw a ghost and it became my best friend and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, really? Like this is, this is weird. <laughs> I think it's really helpful to have someone that like comes in on that thread or, or speaks up and says, Hey, actually, I don't, I don't buy that. I think that's, I think that's weird. And I like in a bad way. Like, I think that's like, it's dubious. (laughs) Like that's, that's not, you know, above board. And so I think it's important for people to kind of, um, I'm, I'm picturing like the hermit, you know, who's holding that lamp out of like, you got to hold that light that even in the darkness lets the people who are looking for that truth come and find you and share in that experience what you've created and also shines a light onto some of the unsavory elements that we want to steer clear of. There's pitfalls in the dark and you want to avoid Mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking 
that especially as we're coming out of this long dark year and, and re-emerging that I would encourage everyone to do a little ritual, you know, on a dark night, if you can go out into the woods, you know, be safe about fires, but like if you can go out into the woods or if you want to just like, you know, turn off your lights and sit by the window and just light a candle and think about what color your light is, you know, what is the, what are the things that you're into? Like Jim and I just discussed, like, what is the weird stuff that you want to talk about more? What is your UFOs? And what is the bottom of the list? The things that you are not comfortable with the things that you find to be a little bit dubious and put that light out there. Cause I think it's only by, you know, following these flashing lights, whether there are lanterns bobbing in the woods or the aliens signaling to us from the mountaintop, it's how we're going to find each other and come together. Mm. Beautiful. That's beautiful, man. And then put on a Fleetwood Mac song. What song? You know, just put on rumors, just the whole thing. Just put on, yeah, just put on rumors. And this is where the path forks. So now you get to choose if you want to take the wizard path or the euphemit path, because I'm going to tell you to put on Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some, they, 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 once they start getting a little more poppy, I just like am even pulled more into it. It's contrary to the rest of the music I like, and it's so fun. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Jim, this has been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to chat again, which will happen very soon, I'm sure. The, the, the pleasure was all mine, my friend. Thank you so much. For more of Jim Perry's excellent investigations into the unknown, check out his podcast, Euphemet, which is excellent. Jim does such a great job putting it together and making it feel really beautiful and polished. And he was kind enough to let me do my own goofy homage in our intro. But his show is really special, and I encourage you to check it out, see the real thing for yourself. If you're too scared of Bigfoots and aliens to start there, you can start with the episode Postmodern Wizard from Season 2, which uh, has a voice you might recognize. And if you like Postmodern Wizardry, oh boy, you should check out patreon.com slash thispodcastisaritual, where you can support my self-aware metamagic of growing our podcast community into an unstoppable occult dynamo that helps the Bigfoot and Hannity 2024 presidential campaign win in a landslide via arcane meme magic. So if you want to get in on that train, or you like bonus content and virtual gatherings, or you just think it's funny to give a wizard $4.20 each month, check out the Patreon, because we're getting closer to the 420 mark, and that's when we unlock the real magic. Until next time, Keep watching the stars and get lost in the stillness of remembering what you had. <laughs> <laughs>